America's auto enthusiast program. This is Auto World. And now, here's your host, Bob Long. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you very much for choosing to join us here on Auto World. We're live all across North America. You can hear us around the world as well at GCNlive.com. This program's been around for quite a number of years. I started it originally back in 1992 and expanded first to uh, two hours around the year 1999 or so, and then into... uh, the three-hour format around the year 2005 or so. So uh, we're creating lots of content every week and having fun to do, do, doing so. If you are right now uh, listening to us and are considering getting your oil changed, if you have any questions to do with lubrication for your car, for your truck, for your motorcycle, for your lawn equipment, for marine equipment, Well, in a moment, we'll be joined by a gentleman who is one of our regular contributors to the show. He is the CEO of thelubepage.com and a guy that knows more about lubrication than any person I have ever met. And uh, you can call in and ask your question directly to this gentleman simply by dialing 855-660-4261, 855-660-4261. Mackenzie's on the board, ready to take your calls, 855-660-4261. Or if you want to email, email me up, it's bob at autoworldradio.com, bob at autoworldradio.com. Right now, we welcome the CEO of thelubepage.com, a gentleman with more than 25 years of lubrication experience and uh, a resume that includes work as a uh, nuclear propulsion specialist with the U.S. Navy. Here he is, the man himself, Dan Watson. Welcome back to Auto World. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing good, Bob. Uh, of course, for you and I, we looking outside thinking maybe we should... Uh you know, make like a duck or something. <laughs> <laughs> Start building the ark. Yes. <laughs> it never rarely rains this long, steady in Florida. It comes and goes. It rains a lot, but rarely a just a full day of steady downpour. Yeah, well, that's very true, and uh, you know, it's it's better than some of the other weather we're hearing around the country. But nevertheless, a little bit out of the character of where where we live. And one thing that I've noticed moving down here from the Northeast is cars um, certainly deserve, in my opinion, a lot of attention. And when you go to California, you see that they get a lot of attention. They get washed a lot and taken care of. And and the same thing true here in Florida. There's a lot of car washes. People like to keep their, their vehicles quite clean. People like to customize their vehicles. And people like to work on vehicles themselves. Yes, that's true. And, uh, you know, if you, I lived up north also, up in, uh, Connecticut for a few years, and, uh, my wife is from Chicago, and sometimes what you see up north is, yeah, you'd like to go to get the car out and wash it, but, uh, when there's, uh, snow and ice on the ground, it just doesn't seem to be a, an easily workable solution. So it stays in that garage until the weather breaks, and then maybe there's some car washing in the summer, but, uh, a little hard to wash the car on the uh, on the driveway and uh, the water freeze before it gets down to the, the street. So 
you know. It's so true. You have to give people a break and say, we know you want to do it. It just isn't practical. <laughs> yeah, I remember as a as a kid trying to wash a car and have the uh, the rubber hose froze on me and snapped into a million pieces. Yeah, <laughs> that was quite. A, what's wrong with this water pressure? It's not coming out. <laughs> and speaking oh my of, goodness! So what are we up to this evening, Bob? Are you answering questions? Yeah, we're answering questions. We're going to keep those phone lines open. If anybody has any questions of any kind, we would love to hear from you. But meanwhile, we always have questions that are emailed to us, and including one from up north in New York, Robert, who wrote uh, to us recently. He says, I have a manual transmission that calls for a GL-4 gear lube. I can't find the GL-4. Can I use the GL-5? That's easy to find. Interesting well, question. Yeah, we've heard this question before, but it always deserves an answer because it's so important. If you have a vehicle, that they go to the trouble to tell you in your owner's manual to use a GL-4 gear loop, then you, you just have to find that. And here's why, folks. In your transmission, everybody's heard the term synchronizers. Those are the little devices that line up the gears so that they shift without grinding. You always heard the, <laughs> back when I was a kid anyway, we had some old trucks and stuff that didn't have synchronizers, those old transmissions, and you had to double clutch the transmission to get the thing in gear, okay? So anyway, uh, these synchronizers are great. You know, you, you can shift gears and not even feel a thing. There's no grinding anything. Well, those, Synchronizers and some transmissions are made of a what we call in the industry a yellow metal product, which is usually some type of brass combination or alloy. And this GL4 rating versus GL5 in gear lube um, is referring to the amount of sulfur-based extreme pressure additives that are in that gear lube. And if GL5 is loaded up, heavy extreme pressure additive, that severe duty operation. GL4 is a light load and is not designed for as extreme a severe service as GL5. So what happens is, is that if you get these gear loops hot, above, say, 220 degrees, which is possible, we're not talking about the overall feel if you stuck your hand on the transmission, but the, how hot the oil is getting in and around those meshing gears where it's creating pressure and temperature. You get it hot enough, it's going to break apart the extreme pressure additive and create free sulfur. When that free sulfur is floating around in the oil, it will attack the yellow metal and dissolve it. So what you could end up with, you could run GL5 gear lube in one of these and get away with it, but you might get in a condition where it got hot enough and it starts literally dissolving your yellow metal synchronizers. You can imagine that if that happens, you're getting anywhere close to it, all of a sudden you got a big repair bill on your hands. So mm-hmm. be careful to use GL4, and it is hard to find. But it's not hard to find if you contact me or if you look for it under Amsoil Synthetic Products because they make a GL4-rated transaxle gear lube, which is good for transmissions or transaxles, and that's what you're looking for, and it is hard to find. And do not trust a product that says that it is good for GL2 through GL5. 
because what that means is this is GL5, and they're just saying that you can use it in the other applications. And in a lot of applications, you could, but not where the manufacturer specifically calls for GL4 gear loop, because they're telling you right there you got brass synchronizers. Very interesting, very important information from Dan Watson, CEO of the Lou Page. And, Dan, why don't we take this time to give out your telephone number and reiterate your email address as well. Yes, that is uh, the toll-free number is 800-370-2986. And you can always email me at my name, Dan Watson, at thelubepage.com because thelubepage.com is also my website with lots of information. So I'm easy to get in touch with. Don't ever go uh, in unknowingly doing something when you need to know something specifically. Send me an email. Give me a call. We'll get your answer. And when we come back on the other side, we've got Bob in Pennsylvania and we have room for you at 8 855-660-4261 Bob at BobLongRadio.com or Dan Watson at TheLoonPage.com This is Auto World, don't go away. Broadcasting from the middle of Corvette Boulevard and Stingray Avenue, this is Auto World with your host, Bob Long. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Auto World. Dan Watson is with us, and you know what that means. Lots of very valuable information when it comes to lubrication, not only for your car or truck or motorcycle, but anything, even lawn equipment we've taken questions on in the past. And got an email question here uh, sent to us from Oklahoma, and the gentleman is Brendan. And Brendan would like to know, is AMSOIL involved in racing uh do they supply oil to to race car drivers interesting question well people in in the race car world are always looking for sponsorship now amsoil has some uh levels of sponsorship different ways that they do things and it's usually done through a dealer uh so what i would have to say is that it, it would be good, Bob, for him to contact me uh, directly, and I can give him some contacts or how they do this. Now, the other racers that might be listening, Anzo uses a lot of uh, what we call uh, the the weekend racing world, where people have their race cars and their independence. And like uh, here in Florida, we have. Uh, the New Smyrna racetrack and we have the Biflow racetrack. One's a three-eighths mile track and one's a half mile track. Those are circle tracks and we have a big drag strip out here next to the uh, Biflow track and there are local racers who go out there virtually every weekend and race their cars and do things. Now there are ways to get either highly discounted products or direct sponsorship under through usually an independent dealer and this is the kind of thing that uh he needs brendan i think you said was his name he needs to yeah. just contact me directly uh at dan watson at the com and let me uh explain to him 
the avenues if he wants to try to find a way to get some level of sponsorship out of Amsoil. Great idea. Excellent. And now we move on to our next question. And this one comes in from Pennsylvania. And let's see what this one is all about. Um, Bob writes us, I have an old pan head. Let's do that again. I have an old pan head Harley Davidson. I'm looking for a synthetic 50 weight oil. Everyone tells me to just run 20W50, but I prefer to stay with the 60 weight because it, it calls for. Do you know of a source for 60 weight synthetic oil for this motorcycle? Uh, there's a guy that reads his, his vehicle, his motorcycle's brochure. Well, here's the thing. You can run 2050 in those, but a lot of people that do have some complaints about oil consumption. Those things are, you know, the pan head called for 60 because it's really loose, Bob. I mean, the, uh, <laughs> you could maybe hear the piston slapping side to side in the cylinder if you don't have that thick oil in there, okay? So it was designed that way, and, and you can still find some 60-weight oil out there in the petroleum world. But if you're looking for a 60-weight synthetic, which is what he asked about, Amzo makes a straight 60-weight synthetic motorcycle oil just for these guys. Now, I don't know of another source offhand of 60-weight synthetic oil. Now, there could be a one out there that I haven't seen, and so if anybody hears me, they can certainly email me and correct me and tell me where else they know, but I do know that Amzo's been making a 60-weight synthetic motorcycle oil for at least the last 10 years or so because of demand. So it's understandable that Bob's looking for a 60 weight because a lot of those guys with those panheads, believe it or not, Bob, you can believe this, they even had a 70 weight oil for one version of them. Wow. It's like, I don't know, it's like running pudding in your, <laughs> your motor or yeah. something. I don't know. But, but that's the thing. They're still out there. They're sort of moved, I guess. Wouldn't you say that something that's over 20 years old is, it moves into the antique world. I mean, you can buy an antique tag mm-hmm. for cars and they're over 20 years old. So it is, in fact, uh, an application that's still in demand. And uh, it, I know Amzo makes a 60 weight. They're the only ones that I personally know of. So, uh, again, once you get that 60 weight oil, good idea to contact me or if you've got a local Amzo dealer next to you, talk to them. But, uh, you know, you can... Send me an email, or you can, um, you know, call me or go to the website, and we can get exact information on the oil, its availability, and its pricing. Hope that helps you out, Bob. It's a very good question. Our telephone number is eight five five six six zero four two six one. The other thing that I can't get used to down here in Florida to do with motorcycles is. Uh, it's optional to to wear a helmet, and I know from That's my crazy, isn't was, it? <laughs> is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Because all, well, all you know, they say it's optional, and, and you know that it's also, I think now maybe changed, but a few years back it was optional to have insurance on your motorcycle. Mm. I think that's been fixed. Wow. But here's a little word to the wise: having sold insurance years ago. 
if you're riding a motorcycle and you're not wearing your helmet and you have an accident, most of the time your insurance company will not pay. So you can worry about whether the law says you have to have a helmet or not, but if you're riding out there uh, without a helmet and you get hurt, there's a fat chance your insurance company is going to say, well, you didn't take any proper action to prevent injury and we're not paying. So be careful. Some great words of advice from Dan Watson, CEO of the Lube Page. 855-660-4261. If you're listening in Texas, we'd love to hear from you. If you're listening in Idaho or New Hampshire or any place else in between, Alabama, we would love to hear from you because we are live. Unlike many programs on the weekends, we're taking it to you live at 855-660-4261. 855-660-4261. We may uh, throw a trivia question into the mix in a moment, but let's answer another one of the questions. Let's dig way down deep, and we come up with Brad in Atlanta. Brad writes, I understand setting mileage limits on oil, but why is there a one-year limit on AMS oil to change regardless of the miles on the car? Well, that's a very good fundamental question, and I can't even tell you how many times I get this question in person. The... uh Little known to most people, he says that Amsel has a one-year limit. Well, uh, a mobile with their extended drain oil, they have a one-year limit. Um, if you look at the petroleum oils for years, you remember it was 3,000 miles or three months. Okay, nobody paid any attention to the three months. So, <laughs> looks like we're coming up on a break, so we'll I'll finish explaining that after the break, Bob. Sounds great, Dan. More with Dan Watson straight ahead as Auto World continues. 855-660-4261. Or shoot me an email, Bob, at AutoWorldRadio.com. Dan Watson at TheLoopPage.com. This is Auto World. And now, back to the show with the highest octane. Auto World and your host, Bob Long. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. If you've got a question about the lubrication portion of your vehicle, we would love to hear from you, even if you've got a gasoline trimmer and you want to start putting the 104 plus octane into your gas trimmer. You're going to have to do a little bit of prep work. So uh, this is a fascinating story. And uh, let, let's tell the folks around North America a little bit about yeah, I'm back now. Okay. I'm back after a momentary uh, digital blurt there. Uh, we're back with Dan Watson. That was a quick one. and <laughs> that, that always scares me. All right. Let's go to Perry in Portland. Well, let me and finish Perry. up on Brad. I had a little bit okay. to, to finish sure. that question. Brad had asked about why you have the one-year limit. And just before the break, I said to remind people that the petroleum oil companies used to say, you know, 3,000 miles or three months, and we kind of moved, well, maybe 4,000 in six months. The reason, and I'll, I won't belabor this point, but uh, you have additives in the oil that are there to uh, try to combat uh, oxygen. Oxygen is a fine little uh, element that comes in and causes your oil to react to it. When you get oxidized oil, it's called sludge and varnish. So we, to prevent that, 
in a lot of oils, they put additives in the oil that are uh, to, to stabilize it with oxygen. There's also additives for anti-wear, additive for anti-foaming. And so these different additives you have in the oil, there's also an alkaline additive to combat acids that are created by the internal combustion engine. So when you drive your car, if you go out, the car's sitting in the driveway, and we'll just use a, a nice day. We'll get into the deep winter. And let's say it's uh, you go out in the morning, it's 50 degrees, and you clean the dew off the window and you get ready to start up the car. Well, you had dew inside the engine. And that moisture drifts down into the oil pan. So you start the car up and you start driving it to work, wherever you're going. You finally get it up to temperature. A bit of that moisture now starts to try to boil out of the, the oil, vaporize out. Now, water in oil will cause, it's a catalyst effect to cause oxygen, oxygenation or oxidizing. And the uh, combination of byproducts of combustion and moisture will make acids and those acids will work on the alkaline additive in the oil and begin to deplete that additive so you drive the car to work and you park it and you're going to work eight to ten hours so the car cools all the way down and you come back out and you start it up and it's going to heat up again every time the car goes from room temperature or let's say driveway temperature uh, up to temperature and then back down we can just call that a cycle and so you're going to put cycles on oil and every time you do this you're going to eat up some of your additive package now if you were a person that drove 50 miles one way to work and 50 miles home you would have two cycles on your oil and 100 miles but what if you're a person that drove 10 miles to work and 10 miles home. You'd have two cycles and 20 miles on your oil. Now, what I'm, I mean, I'm showing you there is that it would be very easy for you to have low mileage and a lot of cycles. Or you could have high mileage and a lot of cycles. The mileage isn't going to determine the cycles. The transit and the up and down temperature is the cycle. So if you look at that, I have to guard against depleting my additive package. So what we do in the, in the lubrication industry is they take what we call the most severe condition, which is that you may not ever get the oil to full temperature and get all the moisture out of it because you have such short trips. And those cycles begin to add up with those short trips, and they're assuming you'll have about as many cycles in a year regardless of the mileage that you drive if you're a typical commuter. You're going to have that many startups and shutdowns, even if you don't drive a lot of miles. So they have to base protecting or making sure that you have some additives left in the oil on how hard you are on the oil with the startups and shutdowns, with the moisture. And so they set a time limit on the oil based on that and assume that that's about as far as you could go without the additive package getting depleted to the point to where it could endanger the oil either becoming acidic or not being able to neutralize oxygen, a number of things that could happen to it. So basically, that's the story. You're going to do as many from uh, ambient temperature up to maximum temperature, back down to ambient, condensation, all the things involved, 
you're going to do as many of those in a year on average, regardless of how many miles you drive. So that's why you have a year limit or six-month limit. It's based upon the strength of the additive package and assuming that your cycles will be the same regardless of how many miles you drive. Does that make sense, Bob? It certainly does, Dan. It makes a whole lot of sense. Okay. we got a question here from uh, Perry in Portland, and he writes, uh, I have AMSOIL Signature Series SW20 on a 2017 Kia Sportage 2.4 liter uh, GDI engine. That's the recommended oil, but the manual states that I can use 50W in the same temperature range. What would you go with? Better to go with more life in the oil. I have 15,000 miles on the odometer. Well, he's asking the question that we've heard a lot of times, Bob, whether uh, in these GDI engines, which is the gasoline direct injected engine, they may say to use 5W20, but then they also say that you could use 5W30. Okay, and he's saying, well, which would be the best? And in all honesty, with the with the GDI engine, stick with the 530. Okay, the the reason for that is is that those are direct injected engines, and when you put an injector right in the cylinder, you are counting on the the manufactured tech technology and the quality of that injector that it will not leak any raw fuel. Well. The history in the diesel world was that was almost impossible to, to do until they got to very expensive, very, very high-pressure injectors. These ones in the GDI engines will leak some fuel. Now, that fuel contamination, when it gets down into the, to the oil, has some detrimental effects. But one of the things that you can guard against is it will tend to thin your oil. So if you have the 30-weight oil, you at least are pretty sure you'll never get thin below 20. But if you start with a 20, hey, you're starting to get thin below 20, and that can cause some excessive wear in the engine. So for me, if I owned a direct-injected gasoline engine, I would stick with the 30 weight, and I wouldn't go down to the 20 weight. And uh, that because of fuel dilution, and that would just be the best recommendation. There's just no other way around it. You can stick with the 20 weight oil. I'm not saying that you'll never, that, that you would have a problem, but you could. So why bother to risk it? Just go with the 30-weight oil, and then if you have some fuel contamination, your oil will not get so thin that it causes excessive wear. And that's the answer to that one. So if you're there, Bob, I don't know. Yeah, I sure am. I was I'm concerned right about the digital glitches we've been having. If yeah. Having another yeah, little, yeah, the rain seems to have gotten into my line here. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go all the way out to uh, California and talk to Juan. Um, Juan writes, please explain two-cycle oil mixing ratios. Why are they different for so many applications? When we come back, Juan will be number one. We've got Mike in Texas, and it looks like we've got an email, too, coming in. So we'll check all that and more. And we'll be right back with Dan Watson. He's the Lube Guy. Check out thelubepage.com. I'm Bob Long. Don't go away. Hey, it's Billy F. Gibbons from ZZ Top, and you're listening right here to Auto World. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. I'm Bob Long, along with Dan Watson. He's the 
the number one guy, the CEO of the thelewpage.com. And uh, we've been talking about all different types of topics and taking your your emails and telephone calls, 855-660-4261. You still can get in. It is not too late. So dial us up at 855-660-4261. We'll throw out a quick trivia question here just to get the, uh, the pot stirred a little bit. And the pot is, the part is, which... Automobile, which was introduced in the year 2017 and is only available with a V6 engine, is that company's supercar. You could go a couple of different ways with that. That's kind of a little bit of a convoluted question, but let's see if we can get a convoluted answer at 855-660-4261. 855-660-4261. So we're all set with the two-cycle mixing ratios, Dan? Yes, that two-cycle question, the best way to explain that is when they say you have a 50-to-1 mix ratio, that means that you would have 50 gallons of gas and one gallon of oil. So it's always the first number means the part's gas, the second number means the part's oil, 100-to-1 would be 100 gallons of gasoline to one gallon of oil. So now that we understand the mix ratios and what they mean, the reason you have different numbers is because different manufacturers in the piece of two-cycle equipment that they've manufactured have decided that they want either more or less oil for that protection. The nice thing to know is that uh, when you move to synthetic two-cycle engine oil, you actually leave the Stone Age when it comes to two-stroke oil because there's just no comparison between a high-quality two-stroke synthetic versus a two-stroke petroleum. In the petroleum two-stroke oils, they just have to load that oil up with a thick uh, oil constituent as well as heavy zinc and phosphorus additives to prevent scuffing and and, uh, wear on the pistons. Now you'd say, well, okay, what does that mean? Well, what it means is all that heavy zinc, they're called ash-based or metallic additives that they put in there, those things will tend to uh, stick as they're going out in the exhaust. They'll stick to the exhaust ports and the exhaust pipe. Now, okay, what does that do? Well, it attracts carbon. And as the carbon is attracted to it, you're literally just plating on zinc and carbon and more carbon and more carbon, and pretty soon you reduce the uh, diameter of the exhaust port to the point where you're hardly able to get the exhaust out of the machine. Now, two-stroke engines can sometimes, in a slang way, just be called an air air machine because they have to suck in air and push out exhaust at the same time, meaning that if anything restricts the exhaust, they won't get all the exhaust out of the engine, and it means Whatever amount of exhaust you couldn't get out, you can't get fresh air in. Well, you got to remember that the only place you get oxygen is in the fresh air. That old exhaust there is already burned up. Sure. So if I only get 50% of the oxygen into the cylinder, I can only make 50% of the power that this thing was supposed to make. So they just start getting weaker and running worse, and finally your mechanic you take taking, he has to take off the exhaust uh 
and when he takes that off, he has to scrape the carbon out of the exhaust port, get this thing cleaned up, and get it back in operation. When you run a high-performance synthetic, like the Amsoil two-stroke synthetic oils, mm-hmm. it's called an ashless oil. It means it has no heavy zinc in it. And when you do that, there's nothing to clog the exhaust. There's nothing to plate out carbon. They will run for just years without any carbon buildup in the exhaust. So all of a sudden, you're running, you're getting well lubricated, you're not starting to starve the engine for oxygen and run out of power. So I can just tell folks, if you've never run a quality synthetic two-stroke oil and you start running it in your equipment, you will never go back to petroleum. It's like going from a trailer tire, bias ply tire, to a high-performance radio tire on, on, on a car. It's just night and day difference in performance, and it goes on and on and on, and it protects the equipment. I have had golf courses go seven years without wearing out a weed whacker. Okay, uh, It's just a remarkable product, and for anybody out there listening, hey, if you don't want to use Amazon, find another synthetic two-stroke oil, but just get away from the old heavy zinc loaded uh, two-stroke oils that are just going to foul out the engine, load up the cylinder, and prevent the exhaust from getting out of the engine. Get away from that. Move up to something that's an entirely different experience. So that's it for two-stroke oil. Let's move on to another question, see if we can get this last one answered. All right. This one is from Texas. Mike in Texas, he writes, his Toyota requires synthetic engine oil. Why is there such a widespread of pricing for synthetics? Are they all just the same? Yeah. Some overpriced. Yeah, some overpriced. Well, it is a good question, and you know my point on this, Bob. I've talked about it before. It's kind of a personal thing that I've got to watch myself. I'll start railing about it. But there's so much junk out there, folks. They're just bad stuff being called synthetic engine oil. Um, and I've talked about this before. I don't have time to make a whole show out of it, so I'll just say that there was a time when if you bought it and said synthetic, it had to be synthetic. But there was an argument that took two big companies, Castrol and Mobile, <coughs> into a hearing with the national advertising people that control this stuff, and they ruled that you... Synthetic was a marketing term, and it did not have to actually meet the chemical uh, bases or definition that it had before. When they made that ruling, Mobile Oil Company just lamented that that would open the door down the road for people to be making some pretty bad stuff and calling it synthetic. Well, that time has come. So if you're going to buy synthetic engine oil, just go online and do your research and check this stuff out because get what you pay for at least. I mean, I I would prefer that you bought high-quality product like Amsoil. You could buy Mobile, Mobile One, Mobile Platinum Oils, those oils. Uh, you can probably buy some others like Castor Oil and maybe Valvoline, but you still even have to be careful with all of those because once you start... Uh, labeling something full synthetic, and I did some research on the Internet, and you start to find stuff that is 50% petroleum and it's being labeled as a full synthetic engine oil, uh, you really start to lose your confidence in a lot of this stuff. And so uh, be careful. Check out the quality of stuff before you buy it. 
don't just go by the glitzy advertising. Uh, go online. A lot of these places will have a question and answer place. You can send in an email and just flat out ask them. This is, says it's full synthetic. Does that mean that it has an actual chemical-based synthetic as 100% of the oil? If it doesn't, they have to tell you. Now, if it says 100% synthetic on the label, that's a different story. The, the marketing people in the law says put 100% on there, it's got to be 100%. But if you put full, it could be a variety of things. And that's a sad testimony to the consumer protection in this country. I, every time I get on this subject, it just irks me that we're paying all these consumer protection agencies in every state. It's a shame that they're not doing much consumer protection. So um, that's all I'll say on that is that you're going to pay for what you get. If you buy Amsoil, you'll pay a price for it, but what you get is exactly what you thought you got. And also, Amsoil has extended drains, which means that that's an easy concept. If I run the oil twice as long, then uh, it only costs half as much as it's on the label. So it's it's an easy thing to explain. Let me just uh, for a minute, Bob, uh, tell people that uh, you can find a lot of information on uh, thelubepage.com, my website. There's, uh, I'm putting up more and more of these radio shows, to, you know, so that you can click on there and listen to the radio show and listen to me and Bob again, and a lot of good information. There's uh, magazine articles that I've written. Uh, I have a whole slew of YouTube videos that I've made that are concerned with oil. So you go to the lube page. I think you can find answers to a lot of things, and what you don't find an answer to, you can easily just send a question to me there's a place to do that and i'm a busy fella i don't promise you 24 hour uh, response time i just promise you that i'll respond. get the job done yep well dan Ishul, you're just a wealth of information the time just flew we'll get some calls and collect them during the week and emails as well and in the meantime have yourself a great week and we'll see you next week All right, Bob, you take care. Next week, right around the corner. All right, sounds great. That's going to do it for this hour of Auto World. I'm Bob Long.